Good morning. I'm Byron Fayette. It is 26 March 2021 in Hawaii. It is Prince Kahio Kalani Naoli Day. And as I check my personal stash of Kalua to join in on that celebration, I note that two immigration acts passed this day in history. One in 1790, a residency requirement. One in 1910, barring criminals, paupers, and anarchists. Lots of people get irate over immigration laws these days, but they should note it was also today in 1805 that the Congress ordered all Native Americans to be relocated west of the Mississippi. You can bet those relocated Natives wished they'd put some immigration laws in place when those first pilgrims began to land. 1926, the first lip-reading tournament held in America. A total failure. For some reason, they just couldn't sell seats past the second row. It is the birthday of Leonard Nimoy. Also the day when, nearly 100 years before his birth, an astronomer named a newly spotted planet the planet Vulcan, which is now said not to exist, but Nimoy wrote a book saying, in the title, I am not Spock. Then another book saying, after reconsidering, I am Spock. So, so maybe there is yet hope for planet Vulcan. Not a Trekkie here. I quit the series after the death of the coolest of the Trek world characters. I mean, of course, Khan, whose captain chair was upholstered, I'm sure, in reach Corinthian leather. I, I'm dating myself by doing that imitation. 2017, there were protests this day in Russia. And other protests that include pandas, geese, and a couple of Cajun truck drivers waging war on Jimmy Hoffa throughout history. More on those on the way. Plenty of protests, plenty of riots, insurrections, whatever you choose to call them over the past year. Thankfully, they seem to be quieting down. Amid that calamity, there was, even amid that, the occasional comic relief who didn't fall off their chair the first time they saw the QAnon shaman, then looking in the mirror at what the lockdown had done to most of us, lots of us quickly ordered a home barber kit and did our own neglected laundry, not wanting to continue looking like that shaman. Now, protests, most of them throughout history, have a catchy rally cry. What do we want? Amnesty, whiskey, whatever it might be. Freedom. When do we want it now? What do we want? Blah, blah, blah. When do we want it now? Not so with the very first student protest in American history over the state of student dining at Harvard in the 17th century. Their cry, their cry, behold, our butter stinketh. Give us, give us, therefore, butter that stinketh not. Hard for a crowd to repeat that. Now, my Chinese ex-fiance once worked for about a day at Panda Express. That chain was protested in California a few years ago by people wearing panda suits, handing out derogatory literature about the Panda Express chain. Folks driving by assumed it was a free food giveaway and that those pieces of literature were coupons and business actually increased. So many protests these days that when I saw a sign near a farm saying free chicken litter, I assumed for a moment chicken litter was some recording artist who had been wrongfully imprisoned. Now there have been sit-ins, there have been love-ins, those of us old enough remember those. 
But this day in the 60s was the first B-in in Central Park, New York. Should I describe it? Liberally cut and liberally pasted. It was organized by Crawdaddy Magazine with a budget of $250. They marched in with geese music. They wore, in quotes, uh, carnation petals and paper stars and tiny mirrors on their foreheads, flowering bedsheets, buttons and tights. At 6.40 a.m., the first police car was covered with flowers while the crowd chanted, Daffodil Power and We Love Cops, Let's Turn On the Cops. That night... The previously turned-on cops disperse the crowd with bullhorns and riot batons. Unless it's a tax on beer or whiskey or more restrictions on fishing and hunting quotas, most of the folks here just don't protest. But they will counter-protest when their livelihoods are on the line. Now, the Teamsters went on strike in the 70s, and unions and strikes are fine, valid, and legitimate. But some, some rogue Teamsters, so I'm told, tried to disrupt the independent drivers, uh, the ones who own and operate their own rigs. These rogue Teamsters, it was said, would drop cinder blocks from overpasses in large cities to damage the cargo that these independent drivers were trying to deliver. Uncles Levon and Leroy Fayette, well, they were owner-operators of trucks in those days, delivering cargo in their old Kenworth, and not scared of Jimmy Hoffa the Devil or anyone except perhaps for their own mama. They managed to deliver cargo undamaged by protesters from coast to coast. When approaching a metro area, Levon took the wheel while Leroy climbed atop the cab with a 10-gauge goose gun loaded with pork rind and rock salt to clear the overpasses of cinder block droppers. Now, there was a time in my youth, the teenage me used to shoot snakes in ponds and swamps for recreation, thinking I was purging the world of poisonous cottonmouths. I probably shot a hundred harmless water snakes for each pit viper I killed. To this day, Levon and Leroy say they peppered about a hundred rogue teamsters with cinder blocks. To this day, I think there are probably about 99 innocent hot dog sellers and dog walkers who, again, to this day hit the dirt whenever they see a big truck with Louisiana plates coming their way. I'm Byron Fayette, reminding you to drink at home. It's cheaper, it's safer, and when you're done, you can make post-drinking pancakes with butter that don't stinketh.